RadioInfluence.com. Dan Schultz and Steve Stern unpack and peel back why the precinct strategy is the vehicle to turn the Republican Party MAGA and protect election integrity on this episode of United Patriots Uprising with Gary Benford. I'm your host, Gary Benford. Thanks for joining us. This podcast is available at RadioInfluence.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Hope you'll subscribe to it, leave a rating and a review, and be sure to tell your friends about the show. Earlier this year, I heard Dan's presentation on precinct committee men strategy and election integrity at the Rock the Red Conservative Convention in Greenville, South Carolina. Like many Americans, I had no idea what a precinct committee man was, but I do now, and please believe me when I say it's critically important in determining the success, the success, I say, of the true Republican Party, starting with the crucial upcoming November midterms. Dan Schultz, a trial attorney by trade, created the strategy, which has been endorsed by Donald Trump, Steve Stern an entrepreneur who has been a political active for several decades, took the concept and ran with it, alerting patriots of its necessity and helping to set up organizational operations nationwide. Here's the stark reality, patriots. We're going to have to take back our country at the grassroots level from the bottom up. Don't know what you can do to get involved? Stay tuned. You will. So let's get into it. It seems like everybody coming from the conservative side is concerned about having fair November midterm elections. This guest has been dealing with this issue for more than a decade. Dan created the Precinct Strategy website in the belief that each conservative American's top priority should be active engagement as a precinct committee men in the political party, our founders and framers would be members of, if they were alive today, the Republican Party. He is, in order, an American, a conservative, and a Republican precinct committee man, the latter by necessity to secure the blessings of liberty to himself and for all future generations. Formerly an Army counterintelligence officer and currently a trial lawyer. He's been a leading voice and force for change in the Republican Party with more than a decade in the trenches. He's a veteran and an elected Arizona Republican Party precinct committeeman and state committeeman. I welcome to the show the author of the book, how to get into the real ball game of politics where you live to help President Donald J. Trump make America great again, Mr. Dan Schultz. How are you, Dan? Hi, Gary. Hi. Dan, it's good to see you and it's good to have you. It is good to uh, talk to you again, having met you down at Rock the Red and heard what you had to say. Uh, before we delve into the precinct strategy and why it's ultra important, you sent me a video that you asked me to watch prior to us uh, speaking. And I wanted to uh, cut it off after five minutes, knowing that 25 uh, more minutes of liberal, well, there was no election for it. Fraud dribble was certainly hard to swallow, and it was bark bad 
stuff, barf bag stuff for me, but I'm glad you sent it. And I'm glad I didn't cut it off as the video centered on understanding what really drives our voting system, where you vote, where your votes are counted, the importance of poll workers, precinct officers, secretaries of state who certify elections. So I've got a whole bunch of friends on the ledge because they just can't perceive that we can have a fair election this time around from the grassroots level up. Please explain why you wanted me to watch that video, which I think uh, I would love for everybody to see because it was very eye-opening to me. Was that uh, the video that was recently done by... um the woman from the New York Times and the liberal guy that said there was no election steal and we're going to try and steal the election by getting precinct people and everything that they're going to try and do. Yeah, well, the bottom line is this. Um, <clears throat> there is a solution and it's real simple. And uh, I, I talk about how conservatives suffer from this Malady that I refer to as CPPPDS, Conservative Political Party Participation Deficit Syndrome. Um, conservatives are real good at, you know, there's four boxes. The first box is the soapbox, the First Amendment. Oh boy, we're really good at talking about politics. Everybody's got a podcast, everybody's got a, a website, everybody's uh, t- chattering away on Twitter and social media. Uh, you know, uh, Boris Epstein says, I'm coming in hot on the gram. None of that matters, okay? None of that translates into getting people to vote. It's it's a circular firing squad, basically. Um, the real ball game of politics is played inside the two major political parties, and conservatives are, are out to lunch when it comes to doing that, by and large, and the numbers don't lie. So I'll give you an example, um, two examples. Overall... Now, I just got an email today on Rumble. Uh, I got a comment to a video I posted on Rumble. A guy was uh, posting that, hey, I just became a new precinct committeeman last night um, in my county. And of the 300 and some precinct committeeman slots that we have, we have filled 105. That's actually pretty good because, like, in Florida, uh, most of the counties that I come across, Palm Beach County, super wealthy people, uh, Broward County, same, Sarasota County on the other side of the uh, state on the uh, Gulf Coast, they're like at one-fifth strength. Four-fifths of their precinct committee slots are vacant. There's plenty of conservatives living in those three counties, but they're not engaged where they ought to be. So, you know, they, I have this saying where uh, I, I comment about complaining conservatives who complain about the Republican Party not being conservative enough for them. Well, the reason it's not conservative enough is because there's not enough of the complaining conservatives in the party. Precinct committeemen are the party. If there's no precinct committeemen, there's no party. Precinct committee is the most powerful position politically in the world when it comes to politics, because precinct committeemen in the Republican Party, they elect everybody in the in the party apparatus. If there are no precinct committeemen, nobody gets elected. So precinct committeemen like here in Arizona, 
as a elected precinct committeeman, I get to go to an organizational meeting of my legislative district committee. That'll happen in December. And I get to elect directly the officers of my um, legislative district committee. Then one third of us get to get to be state committeemen. Um, there's one state committeeman position for every three elected Republican uh, precinct committeemen in a in a legislative district. So we're, we're going to have 74 state committeeman slots at at you know that I can run for one of those, and I will, and hopefully I'll get elected. But I might not. I hope I will. And then if I do get elected, I get to go to the state meeting and directly elect who the state chairman is. That's real political power because that state chairman runs the party and also serves on the RNC. So by becoming an elected precinct committeeman, I can also then vote at the county committee and I get to elect the Maricopa County Republican chairman directly. That's real political power because the county chair serves on the executive committee of our state committee. So does the first vice chair. So that's how the, it works in terms of the power structure. And then precinct committeemen here in Arizona meet every four years, elected and appointed. If you've been appointed before the end of the year preceding the presidential election year, you also get to vote at a caucus meeting for who the state convention delegates are. And who do the state convention delegates then elect? They elect the national committeeman for a four-year term and, and, the, and the RNC national committee woman for a four-year term directly. That's real political power. They also elect the delegates to the national convention. That's real political power. So that's where the power lies in the Republican Party. It lies in the office of precinct committeeman. Yet conservatives either don't know this which is 90, I'd say 90% of the uh, cases, of, if you run across a conservative and ask them, hey, are you a precinct committeeman? They don't even know what the hell you're talking about because they don't teach this in seventh grade civics anymore. In my book that I wrote, all it is is what I learned in seventh grade civics. Please explain about that, Dan, because I found that fascinating that your seventh grade civic teacher gave you everything you needed to know to write a book, but also what happens if something goes awry in the government. Exactly. I found that fascinating. Please explain that to people. And then we can get back to, I found it fascinating that this liberal woman from the New York Times talking to this podcast host, we're explaining this is what Republicans are trying to do. They're trying to get committee chair people so they can steal the election. Right. Yeah. And that's kind of a leap because that, that really isn't the case at all. But um, what he told us at the end of the course, you can give his name, give his name. Yeah. His name's Sam Elvord. Unfortunately, he, he died tragically in a, in a car wreck. Um, um, not long after I graduated from from high school, I think I was, I think I was out of West Point, maybe two or three years, and I was in the army, and that's when he he fell asleep at the wheel late at night and uh, crashed. Oh, and sorry uh, to hear that. And very yeah, and he left behind a a, a son and a, and a wife, and I sent them each a copy of my book after I 
uh, wrote it. Um, but anyways, he told us at the end of the course, he goes, look, he goes, I'm now, a, a, he didn't, he taught us how the parties worked in Wisconsin where I grew up. And he said, look, and now remember, this was 1968 and 1969. Um, there was a lot of turmoil going on at that time. And uh, in the United States, you know, the, uh, the there were riots in 1968. Mm -hmm. uh, there was the National uh, Democratic National Convention of riots in Chicago. There was the assassination of Martin Luther King. There was the assassination of Robert F. Kennedy, and uh, and riots associated with both of those happenings. So there was, a, and there was the Vietnam protest. So there was a lot of turmoil back then, as well. But he said, but we we didn't think our country was in. A crisis uh, at that point, but we were moving in that direction, arguably. But he told us, he says, "Listen, I'm you're in, you know you're, you're in seventh grade. You're, you're eventually you'll get to the age where you'll be able to vote. And I think at that time the voting age was still 21. I don't think it had been reduced to 18. So when you become voting age, if the country ever gets into a political crisis." You now have been equipped with the knowledge that you need to move forward and to fix things. Join the political party of your choice. Um, back then, precinct committeemen in Wisconsin were called ward captains. Precincts were called wards. There were also precincts, but generally the term was ward. And it varied from, um, you know, county to county and locale to locale. It's not that way anymore. They changed things in Wisconsin. But back then, he said, listen, I've equipped you as to what you need to do. You need to get involved with the party of your choice because it's the parties that are instrumental in electing their candidates and people are policy and the people who you elect to serve you in government, you get a, you're in the best position as a ward captain to help get out the vote for the best people that you think ought to be serving us in government and fixing things. So he explained that all to us. And that's all the precinct committeeman strategy is for conservatives. It's to, in my, in my book, it's essentially what I learned in seventh grade, what I just articulated, with a little bit more meat on the bones, explaining, okay, here's what you need to do. You need to fill one of the vacant precinct committeeman slots of the Republican Party where you live. And, you know, the good news is also the bad news. The good news is if you want to get involved, there's plenty of openings. Seats, right. The bad news is there's plenty of openings. And tell them how many, we're talking like in the hundreds of thousands, right? Yeah, there's about 400,000 of these slots in the Republican Party nationwide, and about 200,000 are vacant, and about 100,000 are conservatives, and about 100,000 are not conservatives, and they're constantly fighting with one another. The way to fix it, as I explain in my book and on my at my website and in my podcast every day, um, is fill up the vacant 200,000 precinct committeeman positions of the Republican Party all across the country. Now we'll have a 75% voting majority in the party ranks so that when we elect the county chairs and the state chairs, and the local committee chairs and the RNC members will transform the party from a 
half-strength ideologically split party into a full-strength 75% majority um, uh, party that's conservative. And, and if if the and I, I call it a Trumplified party because mm-hmm. if I can get Donald Trump to talk about this more often, you know, he endorsed, he endorsed it right. seventh of mm-hmm. this year, but he doesn't talk about it as much as he should. I wish he would. I'm trying to get him to talk about it more. And if he had done this in 2016, in the lead up to 2016, he could have taken over the party. He didn't. I, I wrote a. Uh, I, I rather I created a, a short narrated PowerPoint video that's at my site. It's about 10 minutes long. And I did it in January of 2020, urging him on his stumps in his stump speeches to urge people who still was not too late to become a precinct committeeman in January. Like here in Arizona, we had until we had until late April to apply and get the necessary signatures to get on the ballot. We, we, some states have private caucus meetings. Some states have uh, used the uh, government's primary system like we do here in Arizona to elect the precinct committee. But there was the deadlines hadn't passed yet. So there was plenty of time where if he had been urging his donors and his supporters to become precinct committeemen. He could have completely transformed the Republican Party into a get-out-the-vote machine, as well as trumplified the party itself and eventually changed the RNC. But he didn't do that. And as a result, I think it contributed to not enough votes to offset the selection machines. I hear what you're saying. Now, what I found really fascinating about this video that you asked me to watch before we spoke, this is what this this liberal woman that writes for The New York Times was telling the host that Republicans have discovered the committee chairperson. They're going to they're, they're getting these people. They, they're starting to understand the system works from the bottom up and they're going to take over and they're going to they're going to be at all the precincts and they're going to be watching us and they're going to steal this midterm. And, and the, the interesting thing was she actually it seemed like pretty accurately explained the system. She has it backwards about who's trying to steal what. But is that the reason you sent that to me so I would understand and so that the listeners that are hearing this will understand that the election is not won at the ballot box on Election Day on November 8th. This election has to be won way before that by who is going to count the ballots, who's watching the ballots, who's working at the polls. And as you said, these committee cheer people, what they do. Yeah, it's a. Real simple, um, and we've got to go back to a simple system. So from what I've read, uh, there's a book that you can get on the Internet in PDF form. I don't think it's still in uh, being published called Vote Scan. And um, it explains how around 1958 is when the advent of all of these tabulation machines began. And then as, and then they got, they got computerized and, and D-Bold was the company that uh, produced them all. And, um, and they're, they're corruptible, these machines. It's provable. I mean, I, I, it's easy to find on the Internet 
video after video after video showing election officials in some counties explaining, yeah, we've got these machines, but look at look at how easily they're manipul can be manipulated um, improperly. But you know, the government has told us, the state government has told us that we have to use these machines, or and um, and they give us money to do so. We've got to get rid of the machines. And there's only one way to get rid of the machines, and that is through the precinct committeeman strategy by electing better people to the state legislatures because Article 1, Section 4, Clause 1 of the Constitution, the, it's, it's called the Elections uh, Clause. And it says the time, places, and manner of the elections are to be determined by the state legislatures. So what do you have to do to get the laws changed to get rid of the machines? We have to elect better state legislators and governors. So the state legislators will pass laws getting rid of the machines, going back to square one, paper ballots that are hand counted, okay? And then getting a governor to sign it. So think about when you were in high school and you elected class officers, how was it done? Um, you you went into a, uh, an auditorium, depending on the size of your school, or in my case, I went to a real small school, so we were in a classroom. And the 50 or so people in my class came together, nominated officers, and there were four officers, and then we all had a piece of paper that we were given, and we wrote down the names of the people that we wanted to be the class, the four class officers. And then they went into a, um, a box or a coffee can or something. And then when everybody had voted, we, in front of everybody, had Somebody counts can. done. And, and so everybody could watch. And so there were names on the ballots. And so to a, a team of two people would, would, uh, one would go through 10 ballots at a time and, and, and then put on a tally sheet, say who won the, that 10 and then another 10 and then another, and five times because there were about 50 in my class. And then you totaled it up and then you knew who the winners were. And if it was close, you just did a recount. That's it. That's how you run elections. We can do that in each small precinct all across the United States. So there's two components, paper ballots and then transparent hand counts in front of everybody after the polls close. That's the way we used to do it up until about 1958, everywhere. That's the way they do it in France, all across France. That's the way they do it in England, all across England, except in London where they're using Dominion machines, unfortunately. Uh-oh. Yeah. Yeah. So... That's what we need to get back to, okay? Instead, what do we have now? And I've got a, I've got a graphic that I use in my PowerPoints that show this. Uh, I counted up, the, you know, I call it the Rube Goldberg black boxes system. Rube Goldberg was this cartoonist uh, who used to, like, uh, if you, he'd, he'd, he'd make these complicated, like, 50-step processes to do something as simple as, you know, uh, close the door. You know, there'd be 50, you know, 50 steps, you know, and there were these, it was all just crazy. 
And that's what we have now. We have a Rube Goldberg system. So there might be paper ballots. There are some systems that some states don't have paper ballots. It's all it's all images on a screen, on a touch screen, on a touch screen. And then the machines, they have to be purchased or leased. And that costs money. Everything's costly. Um, then you have to have software. And that has to be licensed from a vendor because the government doesn't know how to do this. Then there have to be machine operators, contractor machine operators, contractor programmers. Then there have to be machine certifications. Then there have to be software certifications. Then there has to be software updates. Then instead of a one-day election system in small precincts, we have voting centers with weeks. Like today, early voting for November 8th started today here in Arizona. And every day you have to hire people to be poll workers day after day after day. That's expensive. And you have to train all those people to be poll workers and train them on the electronic poll books where they verify somebody's, uh, if somebody wants to vote in person with a ballot, not mail their ballot. Then if you have mail-in ballots, you have to have signature verifications done and you have to have people eyeballing the envelopes before they're tossed. And then, and then, of course, there's inevitably there's going to be machine failures and software failures, and there's going to have to be an audit, and that costs money. And then you have to train all the contractor people of, in each county to, you know, keep tabs on the contractors. And then, of course, who gets enriched by all of this? The contractors. Mm -hmm. The contractors <laughs> become rich. That's the system that we have. And there's no reason that we need to have that kind of a system. We need If we can elect better state legislators, we can get rid of this overnight. But the first step is we have to recruit precinct committeemen to help get out the vote in the primaries. Because the average turnout in a primary in the United States for the Republican Party is about 25% of Republicans. Then why can why then we shouldn't be bitching and moaning about steals that well we should about steals but about lost elections and everything that's because right if we're not going to get out and vote before you go any further because you're right in a spot a sweet spot we need to hit one of your primary focuses is right where you are civic duty you've been quoted as saying this is the epitome of your civic duty the best use of your time is to become a precinct committee chairperson in the republican party okay yeah you you're you you you're, you're saying this is a what as a citizen of the United States, we the people, this is what we should be doing. Absolutely. And that's another thing that we were taught, um, not just in school, but, you know, I just learned it by osmosis from the people, the adults around me. Like, you know, my dad was a city council member, a county board member. Some of his friends were on the school board in a small town. You know, I could see these, these men and women who, um, uh, you know, most of them had never been to college, but they learned more in high school in the 30s and the 40s and the 50s than most college students learn in college. They learned Robert's Rules of Order and how to run a meeting. They, they learned how the political system operated and worked. And, and then they ran for school board and they ran for city council and they ran for county board. Uh, one of my uncles was a mayor of a small town in my county in Wisconsin where I grew up. Another um, 
uh, of my dad's brothers, my uncle, was a town clerk for many years. So there was civic engagement. And, and in order to do those things and be and be smart about it, you had to pay attention to politics, pay attention to the issues of the day so that you could intelligently uh, carry out your civic responsibilities and civic duty. And we never even hear anymore in in conservative conversations the words civics and basic American civics and civic duty. We've got to engage uh, more and, and the best way to do that. And I, I tell everybody, will you please just at least give this a try? Would you mm-hmm. at least just go to one meeting of your local Republican committee? Just one meeting. It, it, it may be a county meeting if you're in a rural area. If you're in a urban area, it'll be a smaller, like an assembly district, or in here in Arizona, it's legislative district committees. Um, it varies from state to state. Will you at least give this a try? And is it hard to is it hard to uh, do like you know are the the steps in the process to go from leaving my house and becoming a committee chairperson is it is it a difficult process? No, it's not difficult at all. So, for example, here in Arizona, if you want to become an elected, and that's what you want to do, become an elected precinct committeeman, you have to do this. You have to go knock on doors in your uh, precinct, and in some cases, get three signatures from your neighbors who are Republicans or independents or, and the most you have to get is 10 and one of them can be your own. So nine, Wow. that's the first time I did it. It took me 45 minutes. The party will give you what's called a call and walk sheet. So it'll be your precinct and all the Republicans that live in your precinct and their addresses. So what I did is I took my kids along with me the first time I did it in 2008 and I, knocked on the doors on a Saturday morning. And within 45 minutes, I had my 10 signatures. They told us to get 15 just to be sure, because sometimes people will say they're a registered Republican, but maybe their registration had changed. Uh, but usually the, these aren't e- are not even challenged, but still. So I got 15, it took me 45 minutes. And then after I became a precinct committeeman, uh, then, each precinct committeeman can sign for every other precinct committeeman in their precinct, and it doesn't take long at all to get your signatures. Um, let's say you blow that deadline and you don't get your signatures in by the deadline. Well, here in Arizona, there's a 14-day grace period where you can run as a write-in candidate. So that's one piece of paper. And these don't even have to be notarized, these pieces of paper. So if I want to run as a write-in, I fill out a write-in candidacy declaration. I say, I'm Dan Schultz. I live at this address in this precinct, and I declare myself a candidate for precinct committeeman in the primary this year. That's it. And you and you give it to the elections department, and now you're going to be a write-in candidate. If the number of candidates is equal to or less than the number of slots then you all win by default. So I have yet to run um, in a race for precinct committeeman where we didn't all win by default. So like this go around, my precinct has 10 precinct committeeman slots. There were 10 candidates, all 10 of us won by default because we didn't have an 11th 
candidate. And that's the way it's been since. Now, let's say that you fail to get that in. You don't get elected because you, you didn't know about this. Well, after January of this coming 2023, uh, you can apply to fill a vacancy through an appointment process. So down in Cochise County and some of the other rural counties, all you have to do to do that is call the, uh, the county chairman and say, I'd there's a vacancy in my precinct. I would like to fill it. Uh, I volunteer. And then he submits your name to the county elections department and then they rubber stamp it and now you're uh, an appointed precinct committeeman. Here in Maricopa County, because we have 8,197 slots um, and there's some some months there's 50, 60, 70 people wanting to volunteer to fill a vacancy, we have a form that we use. So you have to fill out a form and just like you would if you were running for uh, uh, and declaring your candidacy, saying, I'm Dan Schultz, I live at this address, it's in this precinct, I want to volunteer to be a precinct committeeman, please appoint me. Now, but the, here's, the, here's the rub. In Arizona, by statute, the county chair doesn't have to appoint anybody. They had an opportunity to run, they didn't. And if the county chair says, you know, I don't want to spend my time appointing people. I'm not going to appoint anybody. Or I'm just going to appoint the rhinos because I'm a rhino. That's why it's so important we become elected PCs and change the party so that the committee chairs who have these this authority are conservatives. In Florida, it's not the county chair that has the authority. It's the body. So if you want to become like, so Michael Flynn, General Michael Flynn became an appointed PC, as did his wife and, and some of his family members in Sarasota County, Florida recently. But what they had to do was different. They had to go to at least two meetings and then give a one minute speech as to why they wanted to be a PC. And then the body had to vote mm -hmm. them in by majority yeah. vote. So it, it varies from state to state. Dan, is it too late for, for this election cycle as far as the midterms or the slots filled that are going to get filled? Uh, or are we talking generally, about now yeah. for the 2024? Yeah, generally, it's I think everywhere the window has closed to become a precinct committee. But that gets me to what we have to do now. But everybody needs to do if you're a conservative. There's oh. several things. First, find a campaign, find a candidate that you like and volunteer to help boost turnout. So, for example, I just got yesterday in the mail a NRA get out the vote kickoff event. So I helped get out the vote in 2016 in Ohio because we thought, oh, Trump's going to win Arizona. So I did phone banking for the NRA in Ohio because back then in 2016, uh, we needed to get more conservative gun owners to vote in Ohio. Mm -hmm. So just pick a pick some organization that's good at get boosting turnout and volunteer. Secondly, vote on election day. Don't vote by mail. Check out your Secretary of State's website, your county elections department website. Ask your county chairman, can I vote on election day and not by mail? Because in some states you can't. You have to vote by mail. But here in Arizona, 
I, I am signed up for the early voting by mail, but I'm going to vote on election day if at all possible. Now, it's possible I may be traveling on November 8th. I won't know that for a few weeks. If that happens to be the case, then I'll use my mailed ballot, which I'm going to receive in the mail here probably tomorrow or the next day because they were mailed out yesterday. So um, vote in person, though, if at all possible. Right. I wanted you to explain that. Why in person and not by mail? Because the people who are manipulating the, 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 the algorithms, the vote totals, don't have the data to do so if you wait until election day to vote. They're taking the all the mm-hmm. data of the early ballots and then creating an algorithm to massage the results. And they can do that with the ESNS software in these machines. We can stymie that by waiting, waiting, waiting in election and voting on election day. And I'll give you an example. Here in Arizona, in the primary, in the governor's race, uh, 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 Carrie Lake was on a, on the election day votes, the votes that were cast on election day in the primary, like mine, she was wanting like winning like 70% to 30% against her rhino opponent. Whereas leading up to the that election day, it was neck and neck because I believe they were manipulating Mm -hmm. the votes of the early ballots. Well, because they had that data to manipulate. Well, they didn't get the data for the election day uh, votes until election day. And then they couldn't, they couldn't manipulate it. So vote on election day, if at all possible, then go to saveyourrepublic.org, saveyourrepublic.org. Now, this is, that is linked on my website on the homepage, precinctstrategy.com. And there you can, it's not too late to sign up to be a poll worker, full-time or part-time. Mm-hmm. So do that. and then Explain why that's important. Well, because we never have enough eyes and ears uh sort of in the room watching what's happening. Now, if you're a precinct committeeman, you can also, which I, which I do because I'm a precinct committeeman. I just was trained yesterday for an hour on a refresher course to be a poll watcher. So I'm going to be a roving poll watcher somewhere in Arizona. Again, assuming I'm going to be in the state because I may be traveling. Uh, But if I'm here, I'm going to be a poll watcher where I'll go from, from polling place to polling place and go see, okay, are they checking IDs? And then I'm going to talk to the Republican poll workers there, the official poll workers, and say, are, are you observing any problems? Is everything going as as you were trained? And, and just making sure that everything's running the way it's supposed to. Okay, and then when the when things shut down, the ballots are supposed to be boxed up along with the the USB drives that they unplug from the machines. And they're supposed to be secured in boxes with seals, all them, and then transported by two people to the tally center in the county. All that has to be checked. We never have enough Republicans doing it. In 2020, I went down to Tucson to do it down in Tucson because they didn't have, we didn't have enough Republicans in Tucson. And what I found was I, I went to eight or nine different polling centers 
And we had one or two people, if we were lucky, for a half a day. The Democrats had five people at every place, at least five, in the morning and in the afternoon, all wearing purple T-shirts saying, I'm a official poll worker uh, or poll watcher. Uh, ask me questions. Um, helping people. And of course, they were there to help Democrats. We didn't have enough people. That's why you have to volunteer. You have to do your civic duty. And then the last thing I'm telling people to do is to get the Votify Now app for your phone. VotifyNow.org is the place to go. If you go to my website, at the very top, there's three buttons. Uh, the first button takes you to a promo video. It's one minute long. It tells you about the precinct committee strategy. The second button takes you to a sign-up page for a communications and collaboration platform. The third button takes you to votifynow.org where, where you can learn about this free nonpartisan app for your phone that allows you to report any voter irregularities to a transparent, open to the public database of what you saw or heard or observed. And you can send video to that site from your phone. You can take pictures of what you saw. Don't take pictures inside of a polling place. That's not allowed. But let's say that you see a drop box getting stuffed by somebody. Take video of it. Take photos of it. Shoot those videos uh, and photos to Votify Now using the app. So you need to do that. And then, and then of course, if you're not yet a precinct committeeman, set about at my site, learning how it works in your state. I've got something for every state that at least gets you started. And then you're an American. If you are an American, this should be easy peasy, crying out loud. Okay. If you're an American, you've got American ingenuity. And if and you should be able to locate, I've got step-by-step -step directions on my site. Locate your local party committee. Go to the meeting. And announce yourself and sit like I did at my first meeting. I go, I want to become a member of this par party committee. How do I do it here in Arizona? And that's all it takes. And then don't take no for an answer. They get, make some, oh, well, all the slots are filled. Then say, well, if all the slots are filled, could you show me that? And make them show you. I hear you. And then, and, you. Then if, and then if all the slots are filled, volunteer to be a helper of the existing precinct committeeman. Yeah, you know, see people, yeah, people what Dan is saying, you gotta get involved in the process. Now, as you said, don't take no for an answer. You segued into the next question I wanted to ask you. You talk about the conservative grievance industry. I don't know what that is, but I don't like how it sounds. So well, please explain what that is. <laughs> well, what it is is this. Um, and you can Google that or use DuckDuckGo instead of Google. Uh, conservative grievance industry. What it is is this. <clears throat> Have you heard um, uh, any of these uh, talk show hosts, radio and TV talk show hosts that are on Fox ever utter the words precinct committeeman? They don't utter anything anymore that we would want them to utter. Right, right. Um, the... The conservative grievance industry are is the the conferences and the books that tell you, oh my God, 
there's this issue, this pet issue of mine. Um, the the Muslims are bad. Uh, we're being invaded at the southern border. Uh, CRT um, in the schools, uh, d- diversity uh, programs in the school, diversity, what is DEI, diversity is something in, in inclusion, equity, equity and inclusion, all this nonsense. It's a, a her- terrible thing. Oh, my God, did you know about this? Did you know about that? Those are symptoms of the disease of conservative political party participation deficit syndrome. Mm -hmm. Those things happen because we don't have enough conservatives in the Republican Party making sure that the best conservatives win the primary. Look at what happened up in uh, Wyoming. Turnout, Republican turnout in that primary to get rid of Liz Cheney was 80%, 80%. Now, that's what we need. Need, Yeah, there you go. 80% turnout. And they were filling the vacant precinct committee slots up there in Wyoming with America Firsters and then boosting turnout. The conservative grievance industry just talks about problems. They never provide a solution. And the reason they don't provide a solution is if they ever provide a solution, their reason for being goes away. That sounds like the Democrats. That's yeah. what they do. They just right. they just bitch and moan about this, that, and the other thing, and they never solve anything so they can keep asking you for money. Yeah. Right? So, so I'm like the – I seem to be the only person in the United States who is providing a tried-and-true, simple, commonsensical solution, and that is participating in – politics, party politics, where you live. And it only takes about three hours a month to go to a a monthly meeting to learn how this all works, learn a little bit about Robert's Rules of Order. In most cases, there are two or three people who are conservative who are a member of the committee who will know Robert's Rules pretty well. And so you can rely on them, make sure they come to the meetings. So if rhinos are in charge, they don't pull the wool over your eyes. you got to read and study some bylaws. It's all laid out at my site, what you need to do. You know, you got to read and study bylaws, learn a little bit about Robert's Rules of Order, and show up. Like, what do you, you know, 90, 95% of life, of being right. successful in life is showing, showing up. up. There's not enough of us showing up. There's a not enough conservatives showing up. They're, see, rhinos, they're not really Republicans. They're Democrats. In, mm-hmm. in right in Republican clothing, they pretend to be Republican. They love politics. That's why they go to the meetings. They understand that these political party committees are really important for electing and reelecting rhinos year after year after year. And they love it that conservatives haven't figured this out yet. What we need to do conservatives, and there's plenty of us, there's 74, you know, I have a graphic at my site that explains this, there's 74 million America Firsters. We only need three-tenths of one percent. I didn't say three-tenths of them, I said three-tenths of one percent of them. Three-tenths of one percent of the 74 million is about 200,000. I need 200,000 America Firsters to become precinct committeemen, to fill up all the vacancies, and get it to the point where there's a a line out the door month after month after month of conservatives not doing boat parades, not doing car caravans, not doing motorcycle caravans, but showing up at these mundane meetings and saying, you know, I want to be a 
I want to be in the room the next time you guys, as a voter, the next time we elect officers of this committee. I want to be in the room the next time we sit down and figure out a get-out-the-vote strategy in the primary for the best candidates. I want to learn how to do that. I want to get access to the get-out-the-vote software that the party provides. Well, the only way you can do that is by becoming a precinct committeeman. I hear you. Uh, Dan, you, you made this statement if we, meaning the conservative, we the people, do not get our act together between now and November 8th, we can kiss our republic goodbye. I'm not sure when you said that, but where do we stand? And what, can you, is this up your alley to give any idea of how you see the Senate yeah. and House races coming out? Yeah. Um, look, if we don't have overwhelming turnout that will, you know, as I described, on election day to stymie the machines to throw a monkey wrench into the use of these machines. Um, the next day or that, that night, it's going to be announced that all the MAGA candidates lost and all the Democrats won. And, and then they're going to say, what are you going to do about it? And if we don't get organized and united sufficiently to do something to prevent that from happening, if we don't have massive, massive turnout, we're going to not just lose these elections, because if we lose these elections, if we don't take back at least the House of Representatives at the federal level. Um, all bets are off. They're going to just the, do anything they want. They're going to do whatever they want. And they have the political power to do it, according to the Constitution. There's nothing that we can do to stop it. Um, so this is a tipping point election. This is a real, you know, every time we have an election, it's always, this is the most important election in your lifetime. And this really is. And so, uh, and, and that what's weird about it, unfortunately, is that it's coming at, at a midterm election and typically mm-hmm. turnout of Republicans in a midterm is only oh, 60%. No. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if that. And so if we don't boost, that's why I said you got to get involved and get out the vote and you got to get involved as a poll worker and you got to get the Votify Now app and and you've got to get involved. And if you don't get involved, if you just say, well, you know, hell, somebody will do it. Uh, Don't be this person who's who, you know, hey, your kids come to you after November 8th and they and. And they say to you or your grandkids, hey, mom, hey, dad, hey, grandma, hey, grandpa. When you had the chance, why didn't you do what that guy Schultz said to save the republic? Now there look you what go. Got. There you go. Like Now, if we get the turnout, do you see us taking both the House and the Senate? Yes. How much turnout do we need? And do you think we're on our way? I got an email from you that just gave me three words. <laughs> you know, um, uh, do, do you think we're going to get this done? We got a few weeks. In other words, do you think that people are starting to get it as they're seeing what these people are doing, instituting Marxism, communism, whatever you want to call it? They're totally off the rails. If you can't see it now, you never will. Uh, I am not optimistic. That's what you emailed me. Yeah, that's not good. Why not? Um, because I don't see, well, uh, it's numbers. Um, in t- after the 2020 primary election, remember, that was the most important election in our lifetime. In Maricopa County, the Maricopa County Republican Committee had about 7,400 precinct committeeman positions, and we filled a whopping 
36.5% of them. Now, after everything that happened, the stolen election and everything that Biden is doing and has been doing and the impeachments of Donald Trump and all of that moving forward, now we just had a primary in 2022. And in Maricopa County, now we have 8,197 slots because our voter registrations went up because Maricopa Mm -hmm. County is growing. We have more Republicans. So we got more slots. We filled a whopping 38.8%. And everybody knows that Arizona was the hotbed topic from 2020. Yeah, we, we, we know about the results. We're waiting that we're hoping the court would take something. We're waiting for everything that we're hearing from all kind of people that we both know who, who have just been about the steal and this, that, and the other thing. We got this, that, and still no. Yeah. So I'm not optimistic because the numbers don't lie. Down in Pima County, they, they got up to uh, 37.7%. Over in Mojave County, they were at. 26.6%. But Cochise County got to 100% again, and Graham County got to 100% again. They're small rural counties. But how, why? why is, what's the difference? The difference is the conservatives in Cochise County and Graham County focused, focused, focused on what really matters, recruiting America Firsters into the vacant precinct committeeman positions. They get it. In my county, and down in Pima County and over in Mojave County, they don't get it. Well, I got to just ask this question. I just hope that we can't use Arizona as a test case that hopefully, and would you say, what are you hearing from around the rest of the United States? Uh, I hope some people are getting it. In, in Florida, uh, in Palm Beach County, one-fifth of the slots are filled. Now, these are, this is a, one of the wealthiest counties in the country and what what do the conservatives there do oh they'll help they'll go to an intersection near mar-a-lago and wave flags or they'll go have a boat parade or a golf cart parade in the villages or whatever that isn't politics that is just what i just described that's a caravan a boat parade and and a golf cart parade that doesn't change anything We've got to start using these events to recruit people to come into the party. And I'm trying to get Donald Trump to make part of his stump speech something along these lines. Like I gave him a script for Arizona. Steve Bannon gave it to Boris Epstein, promising me that Boris would get it into the teleprompter of Trump when he was here in Mesa on Sunday, this past Sunday. And it went something like this. Hey, this, now he usually gives like an hour and 15 minute, hour and 20 minute speech. This would take about a minute to say something along these lines. Hey, out there, I want to do a shout out to the precinct committeeman. Give me your hands up in the air, precinct committeeman, and keep them up, keep them up. Okay, oh, we love our precinct committeeman. Look at these people, folks, who have their hands up. These are the shock troops. These are the people who are really going to get it done. They're members, they're voting members of the party, and you can do it too. And over half of these slots in Arizona are unfilled, and it's easy to fill it. It's a volunteer position. So lock eyes with one of these people. There are people with clipboards 
will take down your name and get in touch with you. I want you to become a precinct committeeman. We love our precinct committeeman. So give it up for the precinct committeeman. Precinct committeeman, give yourselves a round of applause. Something like that. That's well, a, hopefully, if he runs again, he'll do it if he runs again, uh, hopefully. But I understand your point. And so you're saying now, since a lot of the slots have not been filled and you're not, opti- not optimistic about that, they're damn well sure better be high voter turnout. Really high. Yeah, right. Yeah. And there'll well, only be real high voter turnout is if, if it's done intelligently because what you don't want to do, unfortunately, most of the candidates mm-hmm. get bad advice from their consultants. Mm-hmm. What you have to do, and so I have on my website, if you go to the blog, you go to precinctstrategy.com, and then it says blog on a horizontal menu. Click on blog. Go to the second blog article. Scroll down to the bottom to the last video, and it's a narrated 15-minute PowerPoint that explains how to target using the the GOP data software that precinct committeemen get to use. This is what we do in my precinct. We're going to do it now starting this weekend because the early ballots just got mailed up. We're going to be calling the, what do we call the lower information, lower propensity voters in our precinct, the ones who only vote 50% of the time or less frequently. And then we call them and we tell them, this is a really important election. It's Dan Schultz calling. I'm a fellow Republican. I'm one of your precinct committeemen. I'm going to drop off a get-out-the-vote flyer and some candidate literature at your door. I'm not going to bother you. But please go vote. We've got to have every Republican voting. Okay, We make a phone call like that. Um, if you get them live, you tell them that. Usually you're leaving a message, and and I'd say 35% of the time, the number's bad because the Republican Party's awful at data, despite what they say. They, we have lousy data on the voters. So, but we try, and, w- and I've been doing this in my precinct every two years, every two years, every two years, and we get something like 90% of the Republicans to vote in the general election. The average in 2020 was statewide was about 70% of Republicans, but we get 90% in my precinct with just a little bit of no more than three hours of effort from each precinct committee. This becomes really easy. You know, there's a, I grew up, you know, with people who lived through the depression. My, the adults around me all lived in the depression. And one of their sayings was, Many hands make light work. Everybody would pitch in to get stuff done together. If you have lots of people addressing a problem, it it can get done quickly and easily. So if you have, you know, what's better to have in a a precinct with 10 precinct committeeman slots, what's better, having 10 or having four? Well, that's a no-brainer. Having 10 is better because many hands make light work. And so when all the precinct committeeman slots are filled, each precinct committeeman only has to contact about 35 or 40 households with a phone call and then drop off at 35 to 40 houses these flyers that are personalized that boost turnout. The lower information, lower propensity voters are lower information and lower propensity because they don't like politics and they don't pay attention to the radio ads and the TV ads and the mailers. But if they get something hand-delivered to their door, after a phone call, 
they'll pay attention and maybe go vote. Dan, I hear exactly what you're saying. I know exactly how much this means to you and how much our country and retaining the freedom and liberty that our founding fathers gave us means to you. I thank you for coming on. Before you go, please, once again, tell people where they can reach you. Tell them about your website, your blog, and your book, and anything else you'd like to promote. Well, um, precinctstrategy.com is my website. You can learn about my book there. It says Dan's book. Click on that. That'll take you to some info about the book. It's real short. And then you can click to amazon.com and you can buy it on Amazon, uh, electronic version or, or hard copy paperback. And then, um, I blog every day now on Twitter. My handle on Twitter is Dan Schultz, the number two, Dan Schultz two on rumble.com. Uh, I'm Cold Warrior 1978, Cold Warrior 1978, and on Getter, I'm at Dan Schultz. Um, the best place to go to, to, to watch the, the podcast is, I think, Rumble, because all you got to do is go to Rumble and put in precinct strategy and a date. Like, uh, so the most recent one I did was yesterday. So if you go precinct strategy, October 11, 2022, you'll find the most recent podcast. I usually go about 30 minutes, sometimes only 15 minutes, depending on the time of day. And I basically just reiterate to people what you need to do. You got to do something. And the, the best thing to do with your time is to become a, a precinct committeeman. I hear you once again. Dan, thanks for coming on. God bless you. God bless your family. Mr. Yep, Dan thanks. Schultz. Thanks, Gary. There are movers and shakers out there trying to make sure we win the upcoming midterms and the presidential election. My next guest is one of them. He's all over internet TV, particularly on the Real America's Voice Network. You see him interviewed by Steve Bannon, by John Fredericks, by Steve Groover, by Ed Henry. He's the chief operating officer of theflagshirt.com, where you can get outstanding patriotic shirts, hats, and gear. In Florida, he's the vice president of the Weston Republican Club and on the Broward County Republican Executive Committee, an active patriot who has been on the political scene for 25 years. I welcome to the show, Steve Stern. Thank you very much. Glad to be on. And, and um, Thank you, Steve. It's, it's great to have you here. You know, and you, you've been working overtime on getting people motivated, involved in Dan Schultz's precinct strategy, and you use success stories around the nation as a tool to accomplish this. How is this working and why is it so important? So I met Dan about uh, three years on, I was watching uh, Steve Bannon and I called him up and um, uh, he returned the call, very nice, and um, we talked and I told him I was in Broward County and about 25 years ago when I first started in Broward County as the Broward Republican Executive Committee. Well, I called for three months and nobody called me back. I said, well, that's crazy. Why is the Republican Party uh, not accepting people in? So finally, somebody called me back. Then it took them three months to get me in. So when I got in, I sat down and watched the first meeting. Not a person came up to say hello. Not a person uh, got involved. Um, and I said to myself, wait, something's wrong. You know, here I'm coming in. I'm trying to help. And, you know, and being, you know, a novice and a new guy, I really didn't know what to do. So what I did was I went to the chairman. I said, listen, um, you know, nobody's ever even said hello to me. Well, let me introduce you to a couple of people. So I said, look, let, why don't I do this? Why don't I become, uh, you know, help you and getting people involved? So that's great. I said, also, 
nobody's called me back. So let me let me take over the phone system. So I take over the phone system, and there is 165 messages that were never answered. I said, holy cow, there's something wrong with the Republican Party here in Broward County. So I started calling and answering the phone calls, and everybody got called. And, you know, being in business for 68 years and working with, um, you know, many, many customers, I used to do about $14 million a year with JCPenney. The one thing I always did was call everybody back. If you call, you get an answer. So that started me in, and I started getting involved, and I got more and more intense. And getting back to the precinct strategy, um, you know, we, we do want everybody to go to www.precinctstrategy.com to get involved. And how do you get involved? Uh, most, you know, a lot of people, when I'm on shows and I'm on radio, TV, they all call because I always give them my phone number. And every, every phone that I get a call, I answer. And so when you get involved in the executive committee or county committee, as it's called all around the country, um, you can become a precinct committee man or committee woman. And that gives you a lot of authority to vote. And that's very important. Um, so as a committee man and a committee woman, you can sign up voters. You can canvas neighborhoods. You can become a poll watcher. Could you make phone calls? Well, you would think that would be easy. But, you know, a lot of people get involved and they don't understand what they're getting involved. So one of the things we do when we get on TV, we want to let them know, hey, just don't sign up and get involved because if you don't want to do anything, we got plenty of people that are sitting around, don't do anything. And, you know, if we have um, uh, 400,000 slots available, both Democrat and Republican and the Republican side, um, when Dan and I started doing this three years ago, we had about 180,000 people involved. Now we got close to between 220 and 240. And you say to yourself, wait a minute, there's 60 million Republican voters. So they may not all be MAGA, they may not all be America first, but let's say we got 50 million. Well, where are those people? Where are they hiding? So one of my goals, and hopefully I'm going to get that done, is to ask President Trump when he gets up on a rally to ask people to get involved. I mean, you know, he's the leader of our party right now. And if he gets up and asks people to get involved, it's a lot better than if I ask people to get involved. So I have a meeting with him in about a month, uh, actually in a few weeks, and we're going to discuss that. I've seen him a couple of times, and uh, I was in a roundtable about uh, five, six months ago with the American Freedom Tour. And uh, he, he's, you know, I learned a lot about him just in this thing. We had 25 people in a um, little conference, and he um, asked me and said, if I knew about precinct strategy three years ago, I would have won the election. Well, what does that mean? That meant that we have a ground force of 240,000 people that are working on election integrity, working on getting people involved. And that's what a lot of candidates don't understand. Um, I help a lot of candidates around the country. I'm working uh, in my area with uh, uh, Carla Spaulding, who's running against Debbie Wasserman Schultz. And uh, one of the things that, you know, that uh, people don't understand, you got to use volunteers. Yes. A lot of the candidates fully do not understand that. They want to just do it by advertising, you know, making phone calls. It's not going to work. I'll give you an example. Um, I helped uh, General Bodock, in, uh, who's running for Senate in New Hampshire. And uh, how did I get involved with that? One of the guys um, who saw me on um, uh, Steve Bannon called me. He happens to be a billionaire. Uh, but he owns a large company. That helps. And, yeah, for sure. And he said, Steve, uh, you know, you don't know who I am. And at that point, I didn't even know who he was. I, it wasn't until a month later I found out he owned um, uh, a huge company. And he was very, very uh, gratifying to the candidates, would donate to all the ones he thought were MAGA. 
And, um, you know, we talked a long time and, um, you know, he's, he's helping a lot of the candidates. So General Bodock, he asked me, can I help General Bodock? So I immediately said, yeah, I don't even know who he is. Then he explained to me that he was a private and he went all the way to general. And I looked him up. Man's got two Purple Hearts, five distinguished medals and all kind of medals. And I said, wait a minute, this is the kind of guy we want. So he's running and won the primary and the establishment went against him and tried to bounce him out with $6 million worth of advertising, but he won. And um, uh, the gentleman asked me to get him on some of the programs. So I called up John Fredericks from John Fredericks show. He put him on the next day and I watched him and he was terrific. And then um, called up Bannon and Bannon put him on and he loves him. And, um, you know, he's still running a couple of points behind, but he's got a thousand volunteers. So if you can't do it with a thousand volunteers, you're never going to win an election because uh, those people are going door to door and it's, it's neck and neck. So we're asking all the people in Vermont to get out and vote for Republicans. You know, it's a Democratic uh, state, but many of the states are in play today. And we hear this all over TV, and I'm sure you hear it all over that because of what's happening with the economy, uh, with inflation, with gas prices, with food prices, on and on and on, um, a lot of Democrats and independents are turning to Republicans or they're not voting. And we have a great chance to take back the country. Now, when we do take it back, which we know we're going to take the House, I don't know about the Senate yet. It's a little tough, but um, it's tending more. As as you know, as of today, the news was even worse. Uh, the market's going down quite a bit. And people are understanding that we have a president here who is not helping the country. We have a Congress who's not helping the country. Uh, I'm working very closely with Tom Homan on the border. We have a big event November 1st. We've raised $400,000 to, um, uh, to spend on the border, taking movies, taking videos, and showing it to uh, all the people, not only Republicans who already know what's going on, but some of the Democrats that who have no, yeah, they have no clue what's happening. I mean, I speak to a couple of them, and they say, uh, you because sometimes they, they want to volunteer and we don't know how they got in the Republican roles, but you talk to them and they said, wait a minute, I didn't know that the border was open. I didn't know we have all these people coming in. It's hard to understand it, but you know, when you watch the crooked TV, CNN and other stations, they don't mention one thing about the border. And, you know, we all know what's happening on the border. And, uh, down in Southern Texas, we have a lot of Hispanics who are now voting for Republicans. So that's fantastic. So, with our um, with Bannon, what I did was he asked me about a year ago to do a um, uh, little uh, deal with having um, success stories, and um, so I, I got together with him and you know I, I started calling all the states and looking through each of the executive committees, county committees, and we got a lot of people who um, who got on with us. And one of the, you know, one of the success stories, I'll give you a couple of them, but one of Please them. Please give me the one in New Jersey, the woman in New Jersey, because that yes. is huge. Liz, Liz Nader, uh, yes. close to her. And uh, actually, I spoke to her yesterday. She happens to be in Florida with her son today um, in Boca, trying to get him into one of the schools. And we had a nice conversation. So she started a club called Common Sense with uh, uh, Spadia, who runs a little uh, station up in New Jersey. And they started with eight people. And amazingly, Eight months later, they got 80,000. Well, so it can be done, on. people. It can be done. You got to try. Not only that, they've got young people on there, too. People are, you know, people are fed up with what's going on. So when you got 80,000 people, they really want to help. And we've, and New Jersey could turn red because of this. 
Now, can I, I just can I just interject right here? Yeah, but one thing, fun. because you're talking about young people talk about it. It seems like you've gotten involved with Tyler Bauer, Bowder uh, from a Turning Point USA. And is, have they been helping out in this um, in this regard? A hundred percent. So we have every uh, other week now because we're so busy, we can't have it every week. But we have every other week we have a Zoom meeting. Tyler was on uh, this past Tuesday. We have a Tuesday at eight and we welcome any of your listeners to come on and listen. Um so Tyler Boy, Boy was on. I'm going out to the to the their convention in December, <clears throat> and what we've done is I'm working with a lot of his people. He, they're they're getting new people in about five states now. They just got them in, and one is in Miami. She's fantastic. And what they're doing is they're recruiting young people, and right now they're doing what they call Super Saturday. They're getting them to go house to house, knocking on doors. Uh, for the candidates, and one of them is our, our great governor, uh, Governor DeSantis, uh, who I'm also working with with his uh, his people on the um, hurricane. Um, so Turning Point has 400,000 people, and they are spending tons of money gaining more and more people, getting more people. And I will know more when I go out to their uh, convention here in December, talking to some of the young people, because... Right now, we don't see a lot of the young people getting involved in the executive committees. We don't know why yet, but I will definitely find out. <laughs> so he's going to help me with his people to get people involved. And of course, young people are going to college. Uh, you know, they work in high schools and college. And what we're trying to do is one of the things we have a young lady, uh, a lawyer in um, uh, I live in Weston out here, and she's in, um, in one of the local communities near me, uh, Southwest Ranchers. And she got involved about six months ago and sensational volunteer and we're getting her all over tv she had about three weeks ago at her house 250 people wow. for the candidates the local candidates and that's what we're trying to do all over the country we're trying to get people to open up their houses their yards and what was so great about that and i even i was impressed this lady has done super phenomenal what she did was got a friend of hers provide a truck with electronic pictures of all the candidates going around broward county uh, a lot of people asked how we did that uh, she was able to, to get the guy to do it. She also donated some money. And then what was the best thing about that? She got a lot of kids involved. They need service hours. So during this event that we had, and um, we had 12 kids <coughs> get up, say the Pledge of Allegiance, and then one of the kids sang the national anthem. And that was really unbelievable. Everybody there thought that was the best of the evening. <coughs> and then all the candidates spoke and what they stood for, and we raised about $25,000 for the candidates. Each one had a table, gave out signs, gave out cards. And from there, we got a lot of volunteers. This was on a Thursday night. Saturday at um, 8 o'clock in the morning and 9 o'clock, we registered people to start to go door knocking. Now, the group, what happened was about two months ago, I said to myself, Southwest Rangers had nothing. The, no signs, nothing. Nobody cared, and I was pissed because, you know, how can a whole community with, you know, 20, 30,000 people not do a thing? So when uh, Mary stepped up and did this, when I went to her house that night, I drove down 10 blocks. There were more signs on the, on all the streets. And then later that week, Saturday, they probably sent out a, and they, they put about about a thousand signs out there. Well, that was heartwarming because you go from zero to a thousand in one day is super phenomenal. So that's some of the things that's happening. Um, we also have other success stories. Well, Steve, because of time, 
I got a couple other questions that I want to ask you because I know you're very busy. We need to get these in. One of the things that people have to understand what you, Dan, and all of us are focused on is MAGA taking over the Republican Party and making sure the Democrats do not cheat during the midterm in this next upcoming election. These are the main things and what you have to do now because you can't really become a precinct chairman for this midterm elections, but tell them what you can do. We need people to watch at the polls. We need people going door to door. What do you want the people to do now at this point in time? Well, I think the most important thing is poll watching and poll working. Now you can still sign up in a lot of the states for election day. Um, uh, We know that the election is going to be taken or try to be taken by the Democrats. So the more people that we have watching, the better it is. We realize that, and also a lot of these people who cheated in the last election, we need to get them out of there. So in other words, some of these people, you know, have to turn in state's evidence, and, and, and they are. Uh, you know, a lot of the FBI people are starting to turn in themselves and saying, hey, look, uh, they became whistleblowers and, and letting everybody know what's going on. So we have to do the same thing with all these poll workers and poll watchers in the Democratic Party, who are a lot of them who are, Cheating. You know, they you, you remember in Philadelphia and, and Pittsburgh, they wouldn't even let the people watch. So this time we have lawyers set up all over the place. So I think m- the most important thing is people can get involved. Now, just because if you can't get into an executive committee, because a lot of them, it takes a couple of months to do it. You can still belong to a Republican club. You can volunteer. I mean, I made 200 calls here just recently uh, from a list that they gave me. And we got about 50, 60 new volunteers. So one of the things we have to understand, there is tons and tons of people that want to volunteer, but they don't know how to volunteer. So what they've got to do is watch Bannon or watch or listen to your program, learn how to do it. Go to your Google uh, and look up local your local Republican Party, local Republican clubs and get involved. So if you get involved, we got a better chance. And, and they are getting involved. We have tons and tons of people getting involved. They're all fed up with what's happening. And, uh, you know, you got a couple other questions. Let's get them answered. Yeah, okay, because this is a very busy man. Yeah, and people, he'll be emailing me, got to go, and Henry, got to go. Man, he's all over the place. So uh, finally, please tell people about theflagshirt.com and where they can find you. So the first thing is, if anybody wants to call me, uh, use the number 954-318-6902. That's 954-318-6902. You can call me, one, about the flag shirt, two, about getting involved, because we have people in every state that we send you to. In other words, you may call me up about Massachusetts, and I'll gladly give you our girl in Massachusetts, who, by the way, started 35 new county committees with 3,000 people. So that's the first thing. Also go to www.theflagshirt.com or look up theflagshirt.com. Again, we've been in business 68 years. Uh, Every time you see a Trump rally or any rally, you see tons of our shirts. I've got calls this morning. Um, As a veterans administration, they want to put our shirts out. So we do a huge business in this and we try to help as many people as we can. Some of the things that I want to bring up before I go is that I think are very important. Um, I'd like people to go to yournews.com. Yournews.com is one of our conservative guys that are helping us, and he's putting out any article that you want to write that's conservative and that, you know, uh, about your local committee. That's the first thing. 
we want you to use um, votifynow.org is a app that you can report any of the mis uh, things that are happening. In other words, if you go and you're a poll watcher and you see somebody cheating, you put it right in or you take a picture of a of a, an area where you see people dumping into the boxes, all the all the um, uh, the uh, voting uh, 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 piece of paper where, you know, in the last election in Georgia, there was stuff in the ballots. Uh, you can come on our Save My Freedom on Tuesday night. Anybody wants to get involved in our, um, our our link. The other thing is, there's a guy that started Conservative TV America. That's Conservative TV America. This is going to be sensational. It's a new thing just started in Georgia. There's three stations. Florida's got three stations. He's spreading all over the country where you can put your show on or anybody can put their show on. And um, a lot of people buy rabbit ears and are able to do it because, you know, the price of, uh, of uh, cable is getting out of sight. Uh, AT&T and DirecTV and all these guys keep increasing the prices, but you can use the Internet. So that's pretty much what you can do. Um, again, theflagshirt.com, 954-318-6902. Appreciate you having me. Sorry, we got to run, but we got, uh, unfortunately. Steve, we gotta I understand people. it. And, and people understand, Steve just started. He just got involved. Look where he is. He's talking to President Trump, having private meetings. I got started, and look at what I'm doing, having people like Steve, Lieutenant General Flynn, who just signed up right to be a committee chairperson. You've got all these people, you know, that are out there that are that just start people. Give it an opportunity. Steve, thank you for coming on. Looking to bring you back very, very shortly before this election. Well, like we say, action, action, action. Get involved. And thank you very much for having me. There you have it, everybody. Mr. Steve Stern. I want to thank Dan Schultz and Steve Stern for making passionate pleas to get involved in the political process to help save the country we love. The precinct strategy is being instituted throughout our nation because it works. So let's all get involved in whatever way possible. Our freedom and liberty depend on it. This podcast is available for download at RadioInfluence.com or wherever you get your favorite podcast. Hope you'll subscribe to it, leave a rating and a review, and be sure to tell your friends about the show. Well, that's all for now, friends. Thanks for joining us. So until the next time, this is your host, Gary Benford, saying God bless you, God bless your families, and God bless America.